Hello, this is Daniel Vayon. I've been podcasting for almost two years, and I just about a month ago found out how to submit, um, manually submit my feed to Apple Podcasts. Well, anybody's getting into podcasting and wants Apple Podcasts, their show on Apple Podcasts, come here and use Anchor Podcasts. Hello, welcome to Daniel Vaughn's views of wrestling, TV shows, sports, and movies. I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, okay. On uh, in the SmackDown Live Road to WrestleMania house show last night. It's officially last night because it's 2 or 9 a.m. I went there with my dad in Alexandria, Louisiana. Uh, so far, I don't have any results uh, posted up. Um, however, what I do remember is the first match was the... Former five-time tag team champions, uh, three times probably on, two two or three times on Raw, and three, <clears throat> at least um, at least two times on Raw, and three times on SmackDown Live. The New Day have members of Biggie and um, the. Uh, Xavier Woods. I'm sorry to say the... I forgot. I should have said the third member of New Day, Xavier Woods. That's what I should say. He... Um... And Biggie lasted about what I guess was 15 minutes. And I know that's close to that mark because... As I talk about later on, Big E, no, EC3... Regardless of what the letters stand for, um, EC3, his matches don't go longer than at least 10 minutes, if that long. So, and that's why I know they had to be at least 15 minutes for the opening match. What I liked was, uh, it's kind of strange, it's kind of hard to put into words, it's like, you wouldn't want, um, you wouldn't find this to be amusing in, in real life. But because it's entertainment, you find it more amusing. Um, I found it really interesting how instead of Seamus doing what he usually does on TV, taking off his kilt or whatever you want to call it, he had a kept it on and he lifted it almost like uh how do you say that almost like instead of saying kiss instead of figuratively saying kiss no you know what he just said uh just doing once again a little worse than that I don't you know I there are a lot of times and I don't know why some a reason for why people do or say what they say sometimes. So, 
I found, I guess the reason I found it, um, humorous was because it was something I'd never seen before, and because he's got tights on, it, uh, kind of felt like, kind of felt like, um, he, uh, I can't believe he did that, the type feeling. And, uh, that was the most interesting part of the match. But what was funny was when Big E put him, put Sheamus in that, uh, old-fashioned abdominal stretch. And he did what he always does. Slaps the back of their behind, almost like a spanking. That while that's happening, the fans, um, start singing their famous New Day Rocks, um, jingle. The only, and because so many people love to not critique WWE, they flat out just criticize it. They don't even, they're not constructive with it. Because so many fans like to just fuss about them. I will say this, the only thing I can honestly say was really bad was, uh, the, you could, I thought... That it was very apparent that uh, when Big E was knocked off by, knocked off the apron by, uh, by Sheamus when he was, when Xavier Woods was the legal man, I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty apparent that he was knocked off the apron and Xavier Woods got past Sheamus and still went to his corner and he acted like he was surprised that Big E wasn't there and I honestly felt like that was a bad uh, sell by uh, by Xavier. However, the rest of the match was great, and it just kind of reminded me of, uh, of when Sting after Sting went against um, Triple H at that WrestleMania, the only WrestleMania he was ever he ever um, performed in. The short time after that match, um, Jake the Snake said one of his pet peeves in wrestling is when you, is when you do or act a certain way, like, for instance, Triple H had broke, Sting had broken Triple H's, uh, sledgehammer in half, and Triple H still used it before he beat Sting with it, and that... I felt the same way before I even read Jake the Snake's uh, comments about that. I, f I said to myself, I said, that really looks bad. If a person breaks it and you still use it, if somebody breaks it, you can't use it. Why are you still trying to use it to gain an advantage? And that's when Jake the Snake pointed out the same thing that I thought, that... Nothing shows that it's a show more than that. And it's not just an old school uh, mindset. It's, it's more, in my mind, it's more like just common sense stuff. But a lot of people would say, how can you use the term common sense? Well, in the old days, whether it was wrestling or... TV shows and movies, the writing or booking used to always be about 
common sense stuff, the simpler the better, in my view. Now we are in a situation where the fans make things so complicated you don't know what to, you don't, you don't know what they're going to like half the time. However, traditionally speaking, using a weapon after it's broken really is terrible and there's no that just really is unbelievable and it's, and like Jim Ross said it suspends it's you're supposed to suspend disbelief not make it more unbelievable so that's that's why I agree with the with Jake Snake Roberts because if I was um if I was talking to somebody about if I was talking to somebody in the business, um, that would be my number one the question would be why do you why do y'all do things sometimes that are really easy to spot that it's it makes it easy to spot that it's a show. And I mean it's I'd say this, the more you do it, the more people say that it's like y'all don't try. I just would ask somebody that. If I had a, um, an opportunity to talk to anybody who's a, a writer or a booker, however they like to call it today. Anyway, after digressing like that, um, let me get back to the show. Uh, let's see. I saw that what I remember seeing after that was <clears throat> the U.S. title match between um, former champion Rusev, former NXT Heavyweight champion Andrade Cien Almas, or just Cien, or just Andrade, and the U.S. Heavyweight champion Ron Killings, or R Truth. And, uh, I said, I said that's the only thing, that's the second match I remember. be honest with you, I, I believe that's this, I believe that's the second match I saw, but in all honesty, I, it might have been the third match. Because I remember seeing EC3 versus Kai Dillinger, and then he wanted to go again go one have one more match Shelton Benjamin came out but I don't know in which you know, which part of the show that was so so I would have to look I know they have something from last night on here
Okay, so as I think about it, it probably was um, EC3 for before any before the the title match. So um, what I remember, what I do remember, is EC3 getting the um, getting the city name wrong, calling it, uh, Lafayette, but they're not gonna be in Lafayette until Monday night. I remember that being, um, I remember that being played up tonight in the, in his, um, promo, and I actually said some things that I would say to the TV, and it really didn't matter if you heard me or not. I were, that it's just a talk just to have fun. Um let me see. He said that this was a uh just a an open challenge and the title that Dillinger came out. It was a great match, um it ended the right time. I believe um, EC3 won with a running elbow drop. But she. This is when he stands by his opponent, says his. Uh, he says out loud his initials and number two, his name. And he runs to the mat and hits the elbow for the win. And I have to say, that was a better than his television victory against Dean Ambrose. This is, he didn't, um, instead of trying to, okay, when he hit the jackknife cover on Dean Ambrose, Dean didn't even look like he was trying to kick out, whereas right here, he was, his opponent's not supposed to kick out, so it was better, um, the perfect, no pun intended, opponent for, um, for him to face. It was the perfect finish to go with. And then he, he asked to go one more. And once again, he got, a. Uh, he got the city, name of the city wrong. He went to Charlotte Benjamin and came out. 
he had, um, he said, oh, let's, let's do these Baton Rouge people. And, um, you know what I'm hoping? I'm hoping they don't, uh, turn him into the next, um, MVP. Because that, even though this is a character brought from Impact Wrestling, it's too many similarities to the original MVP character in the WWE. So I just hope they don't, uh, do something with him and just... Actually, I gotta be honest with you. I don't know what they could do to ruin EC3, but, um... One, one possible scenario is having him get disqualified all the time. That would be one way of ruining him. <clears throat> As he's shown the last couple weeks, plus tonight, plus last night in Alexandria, he's proven he can. he's a big deal. Or he can be a big deal. As a fan, my problem is, is that he doesn't have the endurance to, uh, he does not have the endurance to, I can't really finish that, I don't really know what words to use for that, um, sentence, does not have the endurance to go in a match like, for instance, Survivor Series, no, not Survivor Series, uh, Elimination Chamber, does not have the endurance to go through that and expect to come out on top. He, he uh, does not have the endurance to withstand a ladder match like uh, Money in the Bank, which... He's gonna, he's gonna probably want to enter in, like, say, June or July of this year. So, you know, there's a lot of things he needs to work on, and well, actually, there's only one thing he needs to work on, I'm sorry, and that's his endurance. And, uh, what I really liked was... In the middle of him making an idle threat to Shelton Benjamin, Shelton Benjamin hit him with his finisher, and that was the end of this impromptu match. Um, the women's title match, uh, I love the women's title match, not just... Because it's my favorite. That's just because it's Charlotte Flair is one of my favorites. But I loved it because of the back and forth ma uh, match they had. Really, the only thing that surprised me was how she didn't go for that figure eight. And instead, she went for the regular figure four. And she actually almost won with the regular figure four. And... Showing how, despite all the bad decisions they make with their writing on TV, 
the shows held the house shows are still great with house shows. And I'm really starting to wonder. Are house shows gonna, uh... Because network or I'm sorry, live streaming is the future of TV. I'm wondering or how shows gonna take uh, the place of Monday Night Raw in the future, or are they gonna try to uh, to take their booking for house shows and use it for the TV because. After watching that that house show last night, I would rather watch a house show live than to see a live, than to see TV. I still like the TV, but there's too much uh, segments and not enough action. But I still love I still love it. Um, and I really kept my finger on it outside of the, I just. It just hit me. The commentators. God, they don't have Corey Graves uh, acting um, biased. You don't have um, you don't have him make a fool out of himself and acting like he he knows better than the person he's arguing with. And well, you know that's the biggest difference. And you know it's a shame. But it's not really the commentary. It's just really Corey Graves. Corey Graves not being on, not being part of the show is what makes it better. <clears throat> so, like I said, I don't know what could make TV product better because too many people, as strange as it is for me to, me to believe, too many people actually love Corey Graves' commentary. Though I don't know what it's going to take to change it. Because a lot of times people say, go back to this, go back to this, go back to this. One action, or one suggestion, or one hint that they could go back and people fuss about it. So I don't know what it's going to take. Um, and what was really interesting is ever since Survivor Series, Charlotte has been using a kendo stick in house shows. She brought it out in Alexandria last night, got herself disqualified after getting out of the uh, Oscar lock a second time. What really I found was even more interesting was Becky Lynch coming out through the audience, into the ring, and fighting with uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. And it started in the ring, and then it, uh, after um, Charlotte took the chair and insulted the already, quote, injured knee, that made it worse. And, um, and they actually had to take the chair away from her and when Becky wanted to get out of the ring on her own accord they keep they kept on fighting until they broke them up and went to the backstage area and now 
the internet, the WWE website is um, announcing that the knee injury was re-aggravated by Charlotte Flair. So the next two weeks, I believe, of, uh, of WWE is going to be interesting, if not three weeks. Because there's a rumor that they're supposed to go against each other at Fastlane. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they, uh, how they handle this situation. Um, tomorrow night on the, uh, Elimination Chamber, I really don't know the, I only know of at least, um, three matches, no, scratch that, two matches, so I'm not really sure, um, So it's going to be interesting to see. Okay, well, it is going to be March 10th, so it will be at least two, two weeks. Three weeks. So in about three weeks' time, they will have Fastlane. Between now and then. So it'll be interesting to see how they build the paper, the matches and everything. Um, Also, tomorrow night, they have the Intercontinental title match. First time that I can remember a champion and his manager defending against the challenger in a handicap match. Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush going against Finn Balor. That's going to be interesting. That's really going to be interesting to see. And along with the women's tag team, inaugural women's tag team match with, um, in the Elimination Chamber, they will have Ronda Rousey defending against Ruby Riot, whose associates, Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan, are part of the Elimination Chamber match. So that's going to be even more interesting to see what happens with both matches, this based on that fact. Um, so last night, before I forget, um, talking about tag teams, um, after the intermission was over, they had a tag team match between Sanity and Heavy Machinery. 
that was interesting how they uh, were able to come, they handled that match very well. Um, thought it was interesting how Sanity, as crazy as they are, they actually didn't come off, they came up, they were crazy, but not, they didn't act like they didn't know what to do at the same time, and they were very, um, skilled. They didn't even come off as unorthodox. And heavy machinery on the other hand, talk about unorthodox, so they, it's like they wrote the book on it or something. And it was really interesting because when any time you see a match with um, them is when I believe it's Otis um, Dozovic, he does a uh, worm, and because he does the move the worm, and because he's so big, they call it the caterpillar, and. Instead of doing a splash like you're used to seeing, he does an elbow instead. And, uh, they hit, I think they hit both of Sanity with, um, running, just running into them with their, with their chest and stomach. And then that's what led to the finish, and it's really, they are... The future of tag team wrestling, I believe. And what really helps them is that they're so different from each other, and Otis is different than everybody, I believe. Or he's different than a lot of people. The point that he would be better suited just letting uh, Tucker Knight um, talk for him. And their finish is really interesting. Where he picks him up almost like he's gonna do a world strongest slam. Otis picks opponents up and he always lets um lets Tucker Knight push push him push him onto his opponents into the slam and then he jumps then he jumps uh in midair as Otis was out of the way. And he pins them for the victory. I find that to be very interesting finisher. Then, uh, the main event for the heavyweight title was, uh, Daniel Bryan with Harper, no, Rowan in his corner against AJ Styles. And... Because of tomorrow night's, um, or, yeah, because this is 2.40 a.m., it's still considered night, so because of tomorrow night's main event for the heavyweight title, it's very, um, important to have Brian keep the title, but I, um, trying to understand without criticizing, or without sounding, um, like, complaining, is trying to understand, um, what the purpose is for him always getting, if his opponents can't beat him, why does he get disqualified like that? 
or um, why don't they just let him show that he could zill in on his own? And I guess that this part of just getting him to be to be booed even more. What I liked was when he got disqualified by Rowan getting in uh, involved. When he went for the running drop, no running knee, they usually use this to beat people with. He uh, <laughs> he hit Rowan instead. Then AJ Styles had a uh, hit him with a diving forearm or flying forearm, but. And that's how it ended. But what I liked was him cutting a promo saying that, uh, by the way, I did forget one match that happened and I just remembered it. So I'm going to talk about that before before I end this episode. And yourself said he's sorry that he didn't win it, but he will win it. Some, but he didn't win the heavyweight title or WWE title. But tomorrow night he's gonna trash he's gonna throw the new title and bring back the old title. And uh Randy Orton being the last person to enter the cell chamber, excuse me, chamber. The answer is who's gonna be the first one and the second one to uh who's gonna start the chamber Match and who's gonna be three, four, and five in the in the chamber to wait to enter the the match. That's gonna be an even inter more interesting part. And now you have a long, tenured superstar like Kofi Kingston, who um, this is like his second shot in that chamber match, so. Uh, I'm just wondering if things happen the way I expect them to happen, how will the fans respond? On the other hand, if things happen the way people think they should happen, how different will it make the business? So those are the things I'm thinking of. Hmm. Um... By the way, go into that match I forgot about. Samoa Joe versus Jeff Hardy, which it looked like it was canceled because of Samoa Joe's sneak attack on Hardy. And what I'm actually surprised at was how the, uh... His, uh, stunner... Jeff Hardy's stunner on Samoa Joe finished it. I had never seen a one with that before. As a matter of fact, I never even saw him win with a simple twist of fate before. I really find that to be interesting. Huh. Um, what I found to be interesting about uh, Hardy tonight was his chest looked like he it looked like he painted his chest to match his face paint. I've never seen that before, so that's really interesting. And the color he used, it does not look like, I don't know if they can tattoo that on, so it's got to be, it's got to be face paint. And, uh, it's really, like I said before, I, 
enjoyed seeing it in person. I mean, I always enjoy seeing it in person with my dad, but I would have gone by myself to see it. It was it was that good. Um, I just hope that I just hope that um, whatever they do tomorrow night, that the fans like it. Because I don't, I like most of what they do because I, I like the idea of intrigue and dynamic without it being too uh, controversial. And by controversial, I mean dirty. <coughs> because of that is more like, um... Because them adding Charlotte was more like Vince McMahon being a dictator. It almost like the Hill Mr. McMahon character coming back. A really interesting time to watch, to say the least. Okay. Okay, 36 minutes. Let me talk about, uh... Let me just talk about an idea I had about about a discussion, and I wanted to talk about title reigns, and, um, I would have to actually look at the people that come to mind. Um, Davy Boy Smith, um, had been described by Scott Hall as a, um, what we call a, uh, what he called a felt superstar in the 90s. And I believe that it was based on his, um, I believe it was based on the fact that he, he did not have more than one title reign outside of the European title and the tag team title. The fact he could not hold those titles for more than one time that I know of, and it's, I believe that was the point he made, that he, he couldn't be a top draw, and that's what you hope to be. I could be wrong, but I believe that's what the point he made, instead of looking at the title, the history of, of the titles, they just look at the history of his title reigns. Um... Okay, uh, now PWI did, uh, naturally I was expecting this to be match of the year in 92 when he went against Bret Hart and he was also number 15 of the top 500 singles wrestlers in the, in the PWI 593 and number 53 in the the top 500 singles wrestlers in the, the of the PWI years in 2003 um and he was number f he, when he was tagging partners Dynamite Kid um it looked like they were number 5 of the top 100 top top tag teams of the PWI years then he and Owen were number 84. 
for the PWI years in 2003. Um, when you look at championship title reigns, um, you have the two-time Stampede International Tag Team Champion with Bruce Hart, one-time Stampede British Commonwealth Mid-Heavyweight Champion, one time. Um, he was an international tag team champion two times in Stampede with Dynamite Kid. However, he won the Stampede North American Heavyweight title two times. So it looks like, um, to say, to say from that top draw, well, he didn't win the titles a lot, a lot of times, but, um, but I don't know if he was, I'm not sure what type of a draw he was, but it does look like in the United States, like, he wasn't a top draw, so I would say that that part is true, but I can't really say, so... That's kind of why you have to look at not only what people say, but you have to look at the motive they're saying it. So that's kind of why I I was kind of curious. No, very curious, excuse me. Who definitely did do nothing with the title and who did. Um, this is my personal opinion. Um... When they put the WWE title on The Miz, he did a great job with it. In one reign. Um, when Dolph Ziggler was heavyweight champion, he, um, and it was the gold title that WCW used, by the way. When he was champion, he really, to be fair about this, he did not really haven't much long because he got a concussion that kept him out of a TV for a month and out of the ring for a month so to be honest in the, uh, the offset it looked like he belonged in the midcourt because when he won that title um it did not look um like he was in the right position. He looked like he belonged in the midcourt. Um, and the Miz was the opposite. He looked like he belonged in the main event. But when he lost the title, they just didn't. They just didn't ever see a reason to put the put the heavyweight title back on him. So. Being that he was so good with the mid-court, they put him back with the mid-court titles. And a lot of people would look at that as an emotion, but I look at it... I look at it as just using people in, and what they are... what their biggest asset is. They are your biggest... They are the, the company's biggest asset. They were the company's biggest asset in this case. 
would be making the mid-court title bigger. And, um, I don't know how, but with them using the U.S. title so much on SmackDown Live, it does not really seem like a forgotten title, like it was for so many years. And Miz already made the Intercontinental title bigger, so, you know, by you know, all the times he wins it, he makes it bigger, so... I believe he might be, might be his turn to win it again. And we just have to wait to see what happens tomorrow night. And, um, and every other time after, outside of that, after that. Um, and by the way, what I'm saying is, of course, all opinions and... I'm not gonna take. I'm not gonna say that it's right because that's why it's an opinion. It's that's it's a belief based on a based on insight, but you don't really have any facts or figures to look at. On the other hand, um. There are some people that, when you put the heavyweight title on them or the universal title, you kind of feel like that is the right, um, you kind of feel like that is the title they belong with, not because of how they look, but because of how they carry themselves and how they, um, how they make, how they make the title feel. And I know that that's how, that's how I felt, um, with, uh, Roman Reigns, I felt like with all, as difficult as it's, as it's been for the company to find a way to make the crowd believe in Reigns, I feel like at the same time, he's found a way, he had found a way to make the title important and bigger with him holding it. It was almost like, you know, for people who didn't, were not fans of his, you didn't understand what his character was or, um, you thought he needed more, more, um, of a, uh, development in his character. So you didn't, so that's why I didn't want to. See, so that's why we had trouble seeing him as a vil, as a as a champion. But at the same time, you couldn't help but see him because of what he said about himself. So you kind of you just it's just very difficult. Not it's not difficult to put into words, but it's very it's very easy to. Explain why it's easy to explain from my point of view why um it why it was interesting to see him wrestle because when he said um in response to Paul Heyman you can beat you cannot beat Brock Lesnar 
he always, but his simple response was, I can and I will. And that was such, that was so big at the time that they actually put it on the back of his tights. Or a vest or whatever you want to call it. And I believed that that was all he needed to say. And that's why I didn't understand people booing him. Or to say that they didn't know what his character was about. And I thought that was simple. He's he's the type of person that he's gonna he's gonna do what he has to do. I thought that's all that needed to be said. So that's why I never fussed. Okay, it's 12 minutes left in the allotted time, so, um, let me see if I can find anything in my favorite, I'm gonna, okay, my favorite football team is the Steelers, so, I decided to follow, I have a few teams that I already choose as my favorites, one, St. Louis, um, Cardinals, um, Trying to think of the other teams, but I did choose Pittsburgh Pirates. Let's see if there's any story, uh, rumors, or stories about them. News is really what I'm thinking of. This is Daniel Leon with Daniel Leon's views of wrestling, TV shows, sports, and movies. Thank you to um, Anchor for offering free uh, account so that we don't have to worry about um, having enough space to record. Goodbye.